If you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. For the last two Sundays, we've been here in Matthew to consider the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to consider again the passage that we looked at last week. Last time, we learned from the actions of the wise men how we too must worship Jesus with our lives. And I hope you see your life as that, as an act of worship to God, surrendering your life to the Lord as service to Him, as worship to Him. Last week we looked at the wise men. This week we're going to look at the star. You see the star in this same passage that we looked at last week. You might wonder, what can we learn from the star? Well, follow along and let's see. I'm reading the first 12 verses of Matthew 2, so you follow along in your copy of God's Word as I read, and I am reading from the English Standard Version. Matthew 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he? who has been born king of the Jews. For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And verse 7 says, Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now you may not admit it, but everybody wants to be a star. <laughs> Every, everybody wants to be a star. Everybody wants to be known. You know, the world's definition of a star and God's definition of a star are very different. Very different. For stars in the world that we live in, For stars that get celebrated in this world, there are music stars and sports stars and movie stars and all that kind of thing. 
for stars in the world that we live in, and everything that they do and say points to themselves, points to how great they supposedly are. But you know, for believers in Jesus, the star that God used to point the way to Jesus, the Christ child, can teach us how to be a star that also points to Jesus. I hope when you read a passage like this, you, you're asking for the Lord to teach your heart and to, to correct your thinking and train your, your thinking, train your desires. And when we come to the scriptures, we come to a word like this, it's good to learn the lessons that we have before us. And I want to point to a few of them, a few lessons we can learn from the star and how to be like the star that pointed to Jesus. The star that led the wise men to the Christ child was no ordinary star. I don't believe this was a star like the ones that we see in the clear night sky. I think this was a special star. I think this was a miraculous star. The star wasn't like other stars. Ordinary stars don't disappear and reappear. Ordinary stars don't lead to a particular place and stand still over that place. So what can we learn from this special and miraculous star? First of all, I want you to note this, that God used the star to point the way to Jesus. The star God used pointed the way to Jesus. In verses 1 and 2, we saw this, that wise men, look at it, wise men in verse 1, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? And then note this, for we saw his star. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Are you willing, I wonder, are you willing to be a star for Jesus? <laughs> and I'm not, like, uh, talking, I'm not talking about stars like we know in this, in this culture. I'm talking about being a, a believer in Jesus who shines so brightly with the truth flowing from their lives and through their lives and from their lives that, that you shine for Jesus. You point people to the Savior. Are you willing to be a star like that for Jesus? Are you willing to be used by God to point the way to Jesus Christ? God wants you to be willing and available. God doesn't want to force you against your desires, but He wants your desires to be shaped by His Word. And if they are, you're going to want to be a light that points to Christ. The Bible, speaking of lighting a candle and putting on a stand for all to see, says this in Matthew five sixteen. In the same way, in the same way you light a candle and put it a, put it on a stand for all to see, or in the same way that you turn on your your the light on a stand beside your bed at night, so you can find your way to get ready for bed. In the same way that you turn that light on, Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and not give you glory. Give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That's shining for Jesus. Are you willing to shine for Jesus? Are you willing to serve God is the question. <laughs> 
Are you willing to shine like a star and point people to Jesus with your life? One thing the Bible reminds you is that when you point people to Jesus with your life, with your witness, with the way that you live, you realize that you're not serving people, you're serving God. God gets the glory with your service. Ephesians 6, 7 says you're, you're rendering service with a good will as to the Lord, not to men. That ought to be your desire in all that you do. And, and I would suggest that it, it doesn't start and end, uh, start when you come through the doors of the church and end when you leave the doors of the church. It, it, it starts with every day, with the dawning of every new day, every opportunity, your ministry, your service to the Lord, your witness for the Lord Jesus Christ begins every day with every new day, every new opportunity that God brings you. I love this little recounting of a story from Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor was a faithful missionary for the Lord who carried the gospel of Jesus Christ to the interior of China. He was once approached by a man who had one leg. And the man said he wanted to go to China to be a missionary. And Hudson Taylor looked at him and said, why do you think you can be a missionary when you have only one leg? Not very politically correct these days, right? Why you? The man replied, because I don't see any men with two good legs going. That's being willing and available. Are you willing? Are you making yourself available to serve the Lord, to shine for Jesus? And while you ought to be willing and available to be used by God to do your master's will, there's something you need to remember. Don't forget this. It's one thing to, to want to, to shine for Jesus, but you need to be aware of this. Don't forget that he's not dependent upon you. Sometimes we forget that. We think God can't accomplish what he wants to accomplish if we don't do what we're supposed to do. Oh no, God will accomplish what he wants to accomplish with or without you. What he wants is for you to be willing and available. God will accomplish his will with you or without you, but he wants to accomplish it with you. Of course, he wants you to yield to him. He wants you to want to be used for his good and glorious purposes. And he will use his willing and obedient children. Praise God. It is wonderful when you can see your life being used for God's glory. But there's no place for you to get a big head thinking that you are so invaluable that God couldn't possibly accomplish what he wants to do without you. So we're not talking about the world's way of thinking of stardom or thinking of God's way. God is not dependent on you. He will draw people to himself. Praise God. Even with creation, the Bible tells us, Psalm 19.1 says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Look around. If you can't see God in creation, you are blind. You are dead in your trespasses and sins. But he especially uses his word. God will use creation, but he especially uses his word and he wants you to share it with people. As Romans 10, 14 says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? 
And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Do you know that's not just your preacher? That's you? You ought to be the someone preaching with your life, with your testimony, with opportunities to share the gospel. Just don't forget that you don't save people. God does. God does, as John 6.44 says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And knowing that God draws sinners to himself ought to encourage you. It's not all up to you. What is up to you is to be faithful, to be willing, to be available. All you have to do is point people to Jesus like the star pointed to wise men to Jesus. Show people the way. Tell them the truth of the Bible. And God will do the saving. That leads us to what we learn from the star next. I want you to note this too, that the star went in Christ's direction. It went toward Jesus. The star went in Christ's direction. If you witness for Christ, you point people to Christ, not to you, to Christ. Like the star pointed to the Christ child, the star went in Jesus' direction. If you're going to be a witness for Jesus Christ, you too must go in Christ's direction and not your own direction. And we all have the inclinations of our hearts that would lead us away from Christ, but God wants us to be led by His Word and by His Spirit, encouraged and helped in prayer and encouraged and helped by the church to go toward Christ. There's a negative example of this in verses 3 through 6. You can see there people who, who knew something about Jesus, about the truth, but they weren't interested in going in Jesus' direction. They weren't going to worship him with their lives. Look at verses 3 through 6 again. Verse 3 says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem, here's people who have knowledge about Jesus, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. They have the Old Testament scriptures that they quote in verse 6, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. This is incredible. The chief priests and the scribes had the truth, but they weren't interested in worshiping Jesus. And Herod was even less interested in worshiping Jesus. He would try to have him killed as a baby. That's a negative example. The positive example of going in Jesus' direction is the wise men. We looked at them last week. They, they wanted to worship Jesus. If your life and testimony are to point people to Jesus, you must be going in his direction yourself. Anyone can tell other people 
about Jesus, about knowledge they've gained from the Bible. Anyone can tell people about Jesus, but the life that's being changed by Jesus is a powerful witness, is an incredible tool to be used by God for God's glory. Here, I mean, here, here's a room with many people in which I pray you are all believers in Jesus Christ whose lives are being changed. You all have relationships that no one else in this room likely has, and there's a good, a good likelihood that your life can influence someone that no one else in this room can. If you're living a life for God's glory and you're being changed by your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and not just knowledge of the Bible, but, but applying the truth of the, the Bible to your life, that's incredible. That's a powerful witness when believers in Jesus pursue Jesus and grow toward Christ from his word. Anyone can tell other people about Jesus, but the life that's being changed by Jesus is an incredible and powerful testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. It was prophesied of Christ that he would come to shepherd his people, Israel. You heard it. Verse 6. And just as sheep follow the shepherd, so people will be led to Christ easier than be, being driven to Christ. You know, it's not our job to drive people to Christ, to, to push them to believe. It's, it's our job to invite people to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved, to believe God's Word. It's pretty hard to get where you, where you want to go if your feet aren't pointed in the right direction. You know, it's the same way when you lead people to Christ, and, and you'll do it more effectively if you're walking with Christ. If you're walking away from Christ, you're, you're going to have a hard time pointing anyone else to the Lord Jesus Christ. Think of the blessings that Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3, point to in light of living for and seeking to witness for Christ. Psalm 1, verse 1, Blessed is the man who, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but... His delight is in the law of the Lord. And on His law, He meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that He does, He prospers. That's the life that's being transformed by the wisdom of God's Word. And if you want to witness for Jesus, and believers who are growing are going to want to witness for Jesus, you need to be going in His direction. You can't force people to believe in Jesus, but you can show them what it looks like to believe in Jesus. Is your life showing people what it looks like to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? The star did not push the wise men to Christ, but it led them to Christ. That leads us to what we learn next from the star. Note two, that the star stopped at Jesus. The star stopped at Jesus. It's an interesting example from the star that it stopped at Jesus. 
The star led the way to Jesus and then it stopped and stood still over the place where the wise men could find him. Look at verse 9 again. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. There's a twofold lesson here that I want you to see. First, be careful about following anyone or anything that doesn't stop at Jesus. Be wary of someone who, or some book or, or some preacher or some television program or some radio program or podcast who says they have some new truth to share that no one's ever seen before. Something previously undiscovered in God's Word. Some new teaching that goes beyond faith in Jesus Christ and in Him alone. There have been many through the years who have come along and it is still happening today and it will happen until the Lord returns. They say there is some new truth they've discovered. Beware of those who claim to be leading you to Jesus and yet go further and don't stop at Jesus. Be wary of those books that tell you about people who've been to heaven and they've come back to tell you about it. That's what we're challenged with and reminded of in our recent series in the book of Jude. If, If you weren't here for our series in Jude, I challenge and encourage you to re- sit down and read the little little book of Judah. It will remind you of why false teaching is so dangerous and why it's so important to be taught by it and led by the truth. There is nothing for you beyond the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing for you beyond the cross of Christ. It says we hear in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So fix your eyes on Jesus and refuse to be moved beyond Jesus. Center your life on the Bible and do not allow yourself to be distracted from the truth that you find there. Beware of teachers who take you away from instead of toward Jesus Christ. Beware of teachers who take you away from God's Word. The second lesson here is this. Don't be guilty yourself of taking people further than Jesus and God's Word. There is nothing further and more enlightening than this. It is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and in Him alone. Anything that's beyond God's Word and more enlightened then God's word is a lie. Beware of it and do not lead, do not add to God's word and lead people beyond Jesus in making them think that they must do something that is not required of them by God's word. Anything that's beyond God's word and more enlightened than God's word is a lie. Beware. And should God not return or call you home for another 20 years, think of that. 
If you're still here 20 years from now, where will you be found? Will you be found following the same truths of God's word that you're affirming today? Will you be found believing in the same truths of God's word that it's possible that you've been hearing for decades already? Living by the same standard of God's word, still pointing people like a shining star to Jesus, do not be moved from the truth of God's word. Do not pass Jesus. Don't lead anyone else to pass Jesus. For this to be true of your life, make your focus in life Jesus Christ and him alone. Do not be moved or swayed from the truth. Your mission that God has given you this side of heaven will be accomplished when you have remained faithful to the Lord. To shine like a star for Jesus, make your one object of affection Jesus Christ. Make your one desire to be people who lead people to him. And make your one motivation God's glory. Stand fast. Do not be moved. Be a star that shines its brightest for Christ this Christmas and every day ahead should be about making much of Jesus. Your life should shine for Jesus. It should overflow with the truth of God's word, and the love that God has poured into your heart by his indwelling presence, the Holy Spirit. Why make much of Jesus? Why? The answer is found and heard from the mouth of Jesus himself in passages like this in John chapter 8 and verse 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Praise God.